What is up, what is up, and welcome back to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we talk blood sport and we drink beer. I'm your host, Matt, and as always, we got some MMA to talk, we got some beer to drink. Um, I've been away for a few weeks, I was having some equipment issues, I couldn't really uh, address them because I've just been busy with work and doing some other things, but uh, I'm back, I got this temporarily, we'll get it set up and uh, running a little better because I'm sure my audio is sounding a little a little whack right now, but We'll we'll work through it and we'll ride. We got a big show for you today. Uh, we're recapping the UFC fight night from last night and Bellator Fedor's retirement fight. Got a big announcement from the UFC on the Ultimate Fighter upcoming season and fights that they just dropped recently. And then uh, we're going to be looking ahead to next week's pay-per-view UFC 284 Volkanovski versus Islam Makachev. And then uh, you got one FC on or one championship on Prime. And that's going to be an awesome card too. John Lineker versus Fabricio and Josh. It's going to be amazing. So we're going to jump into all that. First, we'll start off with the beer. It's a little something, a little something. Laguintas. I don't know much about it. It's just a something ale. That's what it says on it. We'll try her out, give her a score, and then we'll get into the get into the sport. not very good it's not bad it's just really piney I think is the word I want to use it's pretty bad it tastes tastes pretty piney uh, we'll give that a 3-8 I'm not a fan not a fan of a something ale all right, but we're going to start things off with the UFC fight night, Spivak versus Lewis. Um, it was a fun card. It was a late one. Main card didn't start till 1 a.m. over here on the East uh, Eastern time zone. And there's a lot of firsts here. We had uh, the UFC was wrapping up their first road to the UFC tournament where they had eight or 16 guys over in Asia competing in a uh, tournament, just bracket style to get a UFC contract. And then we also had Laura Sanko. She made her promotional or her commentary debut in the broadcast booth. That was amazing, and she did a really good job. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, it was just it was a it was a really cool card. Really late though, um, it really showcased a lot of their Asian talent. A lot of people from Japan and South Korea fought on this card to kick off the show. There was a fighter named Tatsuro Tyra. Um, if you're familiar with him, he's a he's a rising star for sure. He's three and zero in the UFC, thirteen and zero altogether, and he got a first round armbar triangle or triangle armbar. Um, so he stays undefeated, and he just really ran through Jesus Aguilar. So um, twenty three years old, three and zero in the UFC, two submissions. So he's a beast. And then we had Jun Young Park. He took on uh, Dennis Tulian, and he completely dominated him. He uh, once he got the fight to the ground, he was landing some bombs. He he has really good ground and pound, uh, Jin Young Park does. And he was just relentless with it, really was fucking Tululian up. And then um, after so many elbows and punches from the top, Tululian gave up his back. He gets a rear naked choke and puts him to sleep. So Jin Young Park dominates that, gets a, a first round submission there. And on the main card, we had Marcin Tibera, a vet of the sport. He took on Blagov, Blagoy Ivanov. 
Name's a little tough there. Um, it was a competitive fight. Blagoy started off really hot, but Tiberius' experience um, in just being in the UFC for so long, being in those wars, really showed through. As the fight went on, he started to impose his will, took over with the wrestling, and um, did what he needed to to get the unanimous decision. And then we had my man Devin Clark, the underdog, Put some money on him, and he pulled out the victory over uh, Da Wun Jung. And it was a real back and forth fight. I mean, they were both hurting each other at certain times. They both had their moments. But what sealed the deal for Clark is at the end of every round, he had a really big moment where he'd either rock Park or he'd get a takedown or he'd get a takedown and do some ground and pound. He did what he needed to, or he landed a real nice combo, I think, at the end of the third. He just he did what he needed to to get that victory, and he got 30-27 uh, on all three scorecards. He was a 2-1 to one dog in that fight and didn't make it look easy, but, I mean, he looked, he looked like he deserved to be there. And then um, Spivak versus... Spivak versus Lewis. The fight wasn't very long. Um, Spivak's a fucking beast. His wrestling, insane. Dude's relentless. I mean, he took Lewis down. Lewis would fight back to his feet, and he'd just drag him back down, drag him back down, drag him back down. It's It was the wash cycle, and we've never really seen Derek Lewis get manhandled like that, but Spivak just kept his hands locked, and every time... Lewis would get up, he drags him down, and uh, eventually he, he ended up getting the head and arm triangle and gets the first round submission over Derek Lewis, so sucks to see Derek Lewis fall, but Spivak, he's somebody that's going to be trouble for just about everybody at heavyweight, because the only other real wrestler that we have at heavyweight, we have John Jones, we don't know how it'll translate yet, uh, fighting the bigger guys. And then we have Curtis Blades. Other than that, we don't have anybody like Sergey Spivak. And he's a lot more aggressive with his wrestling than uh, Blades is. Blades wants to get on top of you and start raining bombs. Spivak wants to just take you down, slam you, take you down, slam you. He's got the cardio for it, too. Quick finisher. But that's what we have for the UFC card. Um, it, it was real late, a lot of unknown because they had the road to the UFC. A lot of the fighters from that were competing on this to get, a, get their contract. They had the finals. Um, it was interesting. Um, Laura Sanko, though, she did great on that card at her first time doing color commentary for the UFC. I feel like they really shafted her with this uh, assignment, though. First, you know, her debut, the first woman to ever do it for the UFC, and you're going to put her on at 1 a.m. with Bisping's great. I love Michael Bisping, and I like the other guy, too. But two guys that have a British accent, you're putting her with him. I mean, they're just really putting her through the wash and uh, really making her test, making her prove herself. So she did a good job, and I'm um, sure we're going to see more of that in the future with uh, Laura Senko commenting fights live. Moving on, though, we got Bellator 290. This was Fedor's farewell fight, his retirement. He was done. He's 46 years old. Um, and he took on Ryan Bader for the second time. He wanted to avenge a first-round TKO or first-round KO that Bader had on him a couple years ago, and it really went just about the same way. Bader comes out, and he's just mauling him. He uh, he's landed really good strikes, and then he gets him low rocked, gets the takedown, and starts landing some ground and pound to get the TKO um, first round. Shitty to see him go out that way, but um, no matter what, Fedor's legacy is going to – it's – He's immortal in UF or in MMA. I mean, twenty-eight and zero at one point, or twenty-eight win streak in MMA during the Pride days, and he'd fought everybody. Um, I'm gonna put here's a picture 
that Scott Coker had taken. It had uh, Chuck Liddell. It had um, Frank Shamrock. It it had all the stars. I'm not looking at it right now, but you'll see it there. It's got everybody that he's fought or all the stars. Chael Sonnen's in it. All the all the guys, the legends that he's taken on or just, that just respect him, they're all in the picture. It's a really cool picture. Um, a lot of guys you don't see anymore publicly as much. So sucks to see him go out, but he's one of the best of all time, if not the best heavyweight of all time, Fedor Emelianenko. Um, but yeah, he hangs the gloves up. And then um, preceding that, or preluding? I don't know. The fight before that, Johnny Eblen, he took on Anatoly Tokov, and it was a fucking fun fight, dude. These guys were back and forth. Tokov's landing some really good shots at the beginning of the fight, um, but it's real close there at the beginning. By the third round, Eblen, he starts mixing in his wrestling, and he's landing some really big bombs on the feet, too. But when he mixes in that wrestling, he's just wearing on Tokov, and he ends up getting the unanimous decision victory just by kind of dominating the last two rounds after he found his groove in the third. And then other fights that were on that card that were really fun, um, Neiman Gracie, he snapped a uh, three-fight skid with unanimous decision over a late, uh, late substitution in Dante Shiro. Lorenz Larkin had a flattening elbow, probably the best you'll see all year. Definitely a knockout of the year candidate. He uh, lands an elbow from the clinch, puts his opponent out cold. Who was it again? Mohamed Berkamov. But yeah, out cold, walk-off elbow. It was nasty. And then Brennan Ward and Sabah Humasi put on an absolute war. Um, Hamasi came out and was really cracking him early, really was finding his groove. But in the second round, after a takedown in the first, Brennan Ward really was, uh, he was he got into his own, lands a head kick and drops Hamasi and finishes him off with punches in the second round. So super fun fight. It was a barn burner. They went, they're just, they're both fucked up. But it was, like I said, super fun fight. And then, uh, like I said, UFC made an announcement on the upcoming Ultimate Fighter season. We got the coaches and who's fighting at the end of it. So the coaches for the Ultimate Fighter are going to be Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. And then at the end of the season, they're going to be fighting each other at 170 pounds. Um, this is what everybody needs to be excited about. This fight's going to be fun as hell. McGregor's making his comeback. He's fighting an absolute striker, an absolute warrior in Michael Chandler. Chandler's calling for a second round uh, TKO already. Um, we don't have a date for when the fight is, probably around uh, August to October time period. But it's definitely going to be a barn burner, that one. And um, probably the UFC's best-selling card all year. And they're really they're really in shape to have a really good year um, with John Jones making his comeback. You got Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman, three. You got Adesanya versus Pereira, two. And now you got McGregor coming back and coaching the Ultimate Fighter. It's going to be a really good year for the UFC. And then um, other fights that have just recently been announced uh, since I've been away. Michael Chiesa versus Lee Jingling in April, as well as Edson Barboza versus Billy Quarantillo and Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. Those are all set to take place in April, I believe, and all should be really fun fights. But now we're going to be looking ahead at the fights that are coming up this next weekend. We have two events. We have one on Amazon Prime, and then we that's Friday the seventh or Friday the 10th and then on the 11th we have UFC 284 the pay-per-view Volkanovski versus Makachev and um, 
on Friday. There's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of name power on this one card, but these two guys, Fabricio and George and John Lineker, they are fucking warriors. Both dudes, heavy, heavy hitters, different styles of striking, but they just love to bang. Um, John Lineker, he wants to kind of plot plod down or plod across the ring, walk you down, throw some hooks, some looping punches a little bit, a lot of power behind him, real crisp, real tight when he does it though. On the other hand, you have Andrade, a real Muay Thai heavy fighter. Um, he loves to work the body with real heavy knees and kicks. He stopped quite a few fights that way. And um, he's got great striking as well. But when it gets in the clinch is when this guy really shines. And the first fight, these guys already fought once. And it was a real close fight. They had both cracked each other. Both had each other hurt at points in the fight. Andrade landed a uh, nut shot, cracked Lineker's cup, so they had to call the fight. It was a no contest because it was an accident. But I'm telling you, this fight's going to be fun, just like the first one was getting before the DQ or before the uh, no contest happened. That's going to be Friday night on Amazon Prime. And then finally, UFC 284. We're going to be looking at Volkanovski versus Makachev, um, and then all the other fun ass fights that are on this card because there are quite a few. Um, but we're not going to break the whole thing down today because later this week I'm going to be dropping a pick'em episode. Uh, I'm going to start doing a, a shorter episode once a week also where I do my best bet so I'm not adding on to our uh, time with the news and just recapping everything, but um, where we do the bets and everything, give you some parlays, make us some money. So that'll be coming out around Tuesday or Wednesday this week, I believe. But yeah, Makachev versus Volkanovsky. These guys are one and two in the world in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. And uh, Volkanovski, nobody's been able to figure him out. The closest was Max Holloway in their first couple fights, and Volkanovski just leveled up and went past that. His striking is so fast. His head movement's so good. He's so elusive, so hard to hit cleanly. And then on top of that, his takedown defense, his takedowns in general, he's explosive. He's small, and he's hard to get a hold of. With how stocky he is, he's just really strong. He's a problem for anybody. On the other hand, you have Makachev, absolutely dominant, um, just suffocating pressure. He's got good stand-up, not like Volkanovski's stand-up. And he gets you down, he keeps you there. The only guys that have really gotten up from it, uh, I think Charles Oliveira got up out of it once. And... Um, other than that, maybe Drew Dober once or twice. Nobody else is really getting up for Makachev. He just holds you down, and it, he finds a submission, or he's going to try to ground and pound you. Now, I don't know how much of a factor it's going to play that Khabib's not in his corner this time. Khabib's retired from coaching. Or how much of a factor it's going to be that he's never fought someone with the striking of Volkanovski or with the cardio or the a takedown defense that Volkanovski's had. And Volkanovski's never fought a wrestler like Makachev. It's just, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting fight. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's taking place in Australia. They haven't been back to Australia in quite a few years, at least, at least since before the pandemic. But yeah, that. Other than that, the card is kind of weak when you look at it top to bottom for a pay per view. But you know, we deal with it as we can. Um, other fights I'm looking forward to, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett are fighting for the interim championship. And then we also got Jack Della Maddalena. He's taking on Randy Brown. That's going to be a strike fest, as well as Tyson Pedro versus Modestus Bukowskis. And um, yeah, 
like I said, weaker lineup for the pay per view. Not a lot of names on it. You got Justin Toffa taking on Parker Porter, but that's not a that's not a selling point. That's not a selling point, baby. But yeah, that's all I got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me through my uh, equipment issues and just my uh, my hiatuses that I go on. Sorry, uh, sorry, we weren't drinking much beer today because this was just it's a real shitty one. We're not finishing that glass. It's a it's a three eight. And that's that's all we got for you. But yeah, like I said, stay tuned for my uh, my next episode. I'll put a link on Tuesday in this episode. But I appreciate you.